In Georgia Ag and Review for the week of February 18th, we start off with this reminder for cotton growers. Well, according to Kent Fountain, a cotton producer and Jenner from Screven, Georgia, the per bale assessment that producers pay to the Georgia Cotton Commission is extremely important to the industry. Especially as our budget with the uh, state gets cut and research dollars get cut, uh, an extension and uh, researchers, it's very important for us to uh, take our money through the checkoff and apply that to research and promotion. Fountain says just one example of that is the extensive research efforts put into Palmer Amaranth. I guess it was found in Georgia and we were the leader in Georgia and I think we put a bulk of the money into it uh, in research and uh, Dr. Stanley Culpepper has been on the forefront but we need to uh, have this money to allow him to do more research and his other topics come up down the road. Which is why Fountain says it's very important for cotton producers to vote in the current Georgia Cotton Commission referendum. Because we are a cotton state and cotton means a lot of money to uh, not only us as producers, it means chinners uh, and all down the infrastructure. So it's very important and we need to get out and vote. We need to vote for the referendum. That vote is taking place until March 5th. And with some concerns out of the cattle industry, Randall Wiseman has this. Well, livestock groups around the country were notified this week by the Environmental Protection Agency that the agency had been collecting information from states on concentrated animal feeding operations, otherwise known as CAFOs. The information was requested by extremist groups through a Freedom of Information Act request and granted to them. National Cattlemen's Beef Association past president J.D. Alexander said this action by the EPA is almost unbelievable. I just can't comprehend uh, their irresponsibility in releasing this information to uh, known egg uh, opposition groups that could pose some very touristic attacks on our industry. He said this action by EPA really shows their irresponsibility. As a nation, you know, we worry about our, our security from foreign attacks. But what this actually does is, is slap private business in the face and in no regard showing an attempt to protect us from terrorists. We've seen activities in California where the tariffs have actually damaged trucks and livestock and really took a claim for this. And, and it really is almost unbelievable that our, that our own Environmental Protection Agency would allow this type of thing to potentially happen. By releasing all this information, it, it really is mind-boggling. Alexander said when they reviewed the information submitted by the states and released by EPA, they were alarmed at the detail of the information provided on family farms and ranches, including his own. You know, beef producers are usually pretty private people, and and one of the biggest things that is of concern is when, I'll use myself as an example, my name, my address, pertinent things about my private business are out there for known terrorist groups to have access to. I, I'm actually quite concerned with uh, you know, our family, our employees, and so on now. Uh, with this information being out there, we've seen activity in the past that, that really causes great concern to our security. And not only my family's security, but also our food security for the future of, uh, of our livelihood. Now, back in January 2012, EPA did propose the Clean Water Act Section 308 CAFO reporting rule to collect information from CAFOs and make it publicly available and readily searchable through their website. But cattlemen and women, along with the Department of Homeland Security, expressed concerns that this was not only a serious overreach of EPA's authority and would create a roadmap for activists to harass individual families, but that the proposal would aid and abet terrorism and provide a very real threat to the nation's food security. EPA later withdrew this 308 rule on these grounds, but NCBA has learned that the agency still intends to use this gathered data to create a national searchable database of livestock operations. And we will wrap up for this week with a report on National FFA Week. 
Well, even though National FFA Week is officially wrapping up on Saturday, National FFA Secretary Kaylee Hall from Georgia says they will continue to spread their message of GROW. That was our convention theme. It's what we're focusing on during National FFA Week. And so if there's one message that can be shared, it's that FFA gives an opportunity for each student to grow. And we believe that students can grow themselves, that they can grow our organization, and eventually grow agriculture. And National FFA President Clay Sapp from Florida adds that that message can be spread by all who share a love and understanding of agriculture. No matter whether someone grew up in agriculture or grew up on a farm, we have to continue to spread the message that agriculture is something that we all need to be informed about and we can all really learn about ways that we can assist in making sure that we all have the safe food supply that we've been blessed with thus far and that it's going to be more and more challenging to receive in the future and so maybe that means as a member becoming involved in projects that do research on more efficient ways to produce crops or maybe it's service project where you're learning about ways that you can provide food to your local community. There are so many ways, even for those of us who maybe didn't grow up on a farm or in agriculture, can contribute to making sure that everyone has the food supply that they need. For more information about the National FFA organization, visit ffa.org. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.